Welcome to the Mindfulness Meditation Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Eshelman. Every Wednesday at the Rubin Museum of Art in Chelsea, we present a meditation session led by a prominent meditation teacher from the New York area. This podcast is a recording of our weekly practice. If you would like to join us in person, please visit our website at rubinmuseum.org meditation. We are proud to be partnering with Sharon Salzberg and teachers from the New York Insight Meditation Center. In the description for each episode, you will find information about the theme for that week's session, including an image of a related artwork chosen from the Rubin Museum's permanent collection. And now, please enjoy your practice. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Rubin Museum of Art and to our weekly mindfulness meditation practice. My name is Dawn Eshelman. It's great to be here with you. Thanks for joining us. We're talking this month about reflection or reflective practice because we've been talking a lot about intention setting and looking ahead, making commitments for what's to come. But the other side of that coin is looking back, taking account. It's another aspect to creating a full uh, awareness. And it's something that um, we utilize in our meditative practice as well, kind of checking in, how are things going, present moment, but also um, just taking account. And it's different than grasping, right, than looking back and and trying to rewrite the past or wishing something would have gone differently. It's more of a wider look and an aspect of awareness. So today we're looking at a map. And it's an interesting tool, I think, to use to consider this concept because, I don't know, do we look at maps very much anymore? I feel like GPS is... Um, has taken over. But looking at a map, a physical map that you spread out on a table is a really different experience, I think. You, as the viewer, can kind of zoom in and zoom out yourself with your own eyes. And you can look not only at where you're going, but where you've been. And so it's with that in mind that we are considering this artwork together here today. This is not just any map, it's a pilgrimage map. This is Wutaishan, the Five Terrace Mountains, and it is a group of mountains in northern China that are believed to be the abode of the Bodhisattva of Wisdom, Manjushri. And this is a very important Buddhist pilgrimage site, and it has been for more than 1,500 years. So since the 6th century, there have been more than 200 temples, shrines, stupas on the slopes of these mountains. And there are winding paths with tiny travelers as they link to one another, suggesting different possible itineraries for one's trip here illustrated on this map. This is a 19th century. This is ink on cotton. And at the center, you will see the most prominent monastery, which appears much larger than the others. It's right in the center here, the big white stupa. And this is Pusading, this is Bodhisattva Peak. And a masked dance procession is the focal point of the ritual activity on the mountain. It's leading down from the monastery, down the center of the map. 
So we'll talk more about this idea of reflection, reflective practice, and how that might relate to a map and a pilgrimage, in fact, with our teacher today, Rebecca Lee. So nice to have you back, Rebecca. Rebecca is a Dharma heir in the lineage of Chan Master Sheng Yin. She started practicing meditation in 1995 and uh, completed her teacher's training with Master Sheng Yin in 99 to become a Dharma and meditation instructor. She trained with Simon Child to lead intensive retreats and received full Dharma transmission in 2016. And uh, Rebecca's writings can be found at RebeccaLee.org. She's the founder and guiding teacher of Chan Dharma Community and a sociology professor at the College of New Jersey, where she also serves as the faculty director of the Alan Dolly Center for the Study of Social Justice. Please welcome her back, Rebecca Lee. Thank you, Don. Lovely to be back and practicing with you on this month's theme on reflection. I was telling Don why I chose today's artwork. Um, she talked about this pilgrimage map of this whole, one of several holy mountains in Buddhism in China, uh, Wu Tai Shan. And this is actually the only mountain that I have been to on a pilgrimage. Um, with my current teacher, Simon Chow, and also another teacher who had passed away, John Crook. Actually, he asked me to help organize that pilgrimage. And so when I look at this map, uh, it brought back memory from that pilgrimage. And in particular, something incredibly valuable that I learned from a very old Chinese master I met on that pilgrimage trip. So I thought I would share that with you. Um, one of the monasteries that we visited was the um, most active Chan monastery in China, not in Wu Taishan, uh, but somewhere along the route of our pilgrimage. And this very old master, he, who was in his 90s at that time, over 10 years ago, asked a very intriguing question. Are we a good person when we do not do bad things? Hmm. Are you a good person if you do not do bad things? We are compelled to say, yeah, I don't do bad things. But we kind of felt that it was a trick question. <laughs> it was a trick question intended to get us reflecting, get us reflecting on our practice. And this can be done in, at many levels and uh, because um, he was speaking to uh, the group of us who were all um, teaching the Dharma in some way. Sort of he, I felt one, uh, at one level he wanted to get us to be reflecting to see if we are being complacent in our practice. Are we thinking that, oh, I'm... I'm pretty good, you know, I'm not doing any bad things. And when Don was talking about the map, it reminds me of many uh, teachings in the Dharma that really serves as a map for our path, for our path of cultivation. One set concept actually is the teaching of the Ten Virtues, which is an elaboration of the five precepts. 
Many people think of precepts as restrictions for our behavior, but they are real. It's really a map, a map for how we can live our life in accordance to wisdom and compassion. So, this map can actually be divided into three parts: how to conduct ourselves in our in our action, uh, in interaction with others, our speech, and also our mind. Some of you might have heard of these. Uh, practice such as refraining from killing or uh, stealing or sexual misconduct or taking intoxicants that dull our mind that cause us to make all kinds of mistakes. So many of you here, you bet chances are you're not out killing people or stealing. And um, so when we think like I'm good, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm not doing all these bad things. But of course, refraining from hurting others. Wouldn't be enough. That's at one level what this master was talking about. Are you a good person when we don't do bad things? Yeah, like we are not we are not hurting others, but hmm, are we also cultivating compassion? Are we bringing joy to others? So the cultivation of ten virtue, which is more than refraining from hurting others. In our action, is to also find ways to bring love and protection to others in the way that is allowed by causes and conditions. And the other part of this cultivation of ten virtue is the speech.、Um, in five precepts, we talk about not lying, refraining from lying, which in itself is a, it's tricky at times. It's not that straightforward, right? And、um, but the, in the cultivation of ten virtues, it was elaborated into refraining from not just not lying, refraining from engaging in divisive speech, refraining from harsh speech, refraining from frivolous speech, frivolous chatter, frivolous chatter that. I don't know. Maybe you have experienced that when we are being talked at by someone's frivolous chatter. Is that enjoyable? We might, without without meaning, without knowing that we might actually be causing suffering to others, and also kind of scatter our mind. So, just thinking about when we are talking with each other. These four virtues can serve as a map to help us think about: Huh, am I using speech in a way that is in accordance with wisdom and compassion? Am I talking about something that is very harsh, that's like just so critical and is kind of inciting hatred in my mind, anger in someone's mind? Is it being compassionate? Is it in accordance with wisdom? Am I perpetuating? These hateful, angry thoughts in my mind—is it that is unhelpful? So, this set of practice can help us as a map in our practice. And divisive speech—are we even aware of engaging in that? Sometimes, when we start talking, we just get carried away. We start talking, 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 and then get more and more excited, and then it's just damn, 
and then that awful them. And then in our mind, we begin to create this idea of exaggerated idea of some very bad, bad, evil them versus us. And are we aware of that? And so in our meditative practice, as we engage in the practice of settling the mind, and um, allowing the mind to have more clear awareness, this is when we can see, catch ourselves, falling into that habit, because it's very enticing. It feels good to feel that energy talking about something sometimes, or being very critical, being very harsh. And um, we might not be clear that we are engaging in harsh or divisive speech, and that fills our mind with hatred, but also fill other people's heart with hatred, and also maybe fear. It makes them feel anxious that maybe you might be talking about them that same way with someone else. So um, the practice of 10 virtue can serve as a map for us to reflect on our action and on speech. And of course, it's not just about refraining from frivolous or harsh or divisive speech. Um, how do we make use of our speech to cultivate compassion and wisdom, to um, bring joy to others? Do we remember to do that? Do we even think of doing that? Well, you might think, well, what do I do? Well, do we um, engage in the practice of saying encouraging things to others, which is an act of generosity, which is, it is in accordance with compassion. Or very often we just don't think of that. Something, someone did something and then we might only remember to think about what they can do better. But can we also remember to encourage them, at least trying or recognize what someone has done. Recognizing that someone has done something is a very useful practice for us to cultivate this clear awareness because we usually take what other people do for granted. And our practicing to remember to say something that acknowledge and recognize and thank what they do um, it's in the self a practice of cultivating this clear awareness. We have to be aware of what others are doing to help us that they might not have otherwise done and not take that for granted. Not fall into the habit of taking things for granted. And then the mind. The three virtue in three of the ten virtues of the mind is cultivating uh, the virtue of refraining from giving rise to craving and uh, aversion and delusion. That is, that tend to be the one that is invisible or not, not the part of our practice that's obvious to us. And when we are setting our intention, 
I was walking through the exhibit out there over a week ago. Uh, that thing that tell you to write to, to type in your intention and move the wheel in clockwise direction. You should go try that if you haven't. It's fun. And um, I, I was uh, watching the the the, ref the projection of the intention that got typed into um, the this computer, and um, a lot of people have wonderful intention. One of the uh, common ones is some version of to be more loving and to be more giving. So there's a lot of wonderful good intention in our mind. And one thing we can do in cultivating this clear awareness is to reflect on, to, to see if we are aware of all the aspects of our intention. So because when we say, I want to be more loving or I want to be more generous, more helpful, want to be a better person, that tend to very often there are various subtle aspects of it that we might not be aware of. So with a mind that is more settled from meditative practice, it allows us to see the obvious, the acknowledged aspect of our intention, and also maybe the much more subtle underlying um, mentality or attitude or more subtle level or unacknowledged um, intention, underlying our intention. Or we might discover that the mentality of having this intention as a means to an end, as a habit. It's like, hmm, I want to do that. I want to be more like this. But actually the unsaid part was, I want to be more like that in order to be liked in order to be recognized as a good person, in order to be, to be recognized or seen as a compassionate person, a generous person, whatever it is, that is the second part of our intention. Why is it important for us to do that? You might have heard this phrase, that the road to hell is paved with good intention. Have you heard of that? <laughs> so many people take the lesson from that is like, just don't bother with good in intention. So another common phrase I hear is, good deeds don't go unpunished. There was a very cynical way to think about it. But indeed, uh, what is warning us is that if we are not clearly aware of the totality of our intention. We may inadvertently be engaging in some intended action that causes us and other people a lot of suffering. So let me share an ex example with you. Um, I know someone who's been, um, finally got her grandchildren, uh, very, very happy. And um, so she wanted to be this loving, Grandmother, I'm going to be this love. Uh, be uh, she always felt of herself as someone who's kind of selfish. It's like she wants to decide that she wants to be this good, generous grandmother who would sacrifice her time and go help her daughter out with the grandchildren, and so that's her intention to be loving and generous. 
And um, over the years, she had experienced a lot of unhappiness, disappointment, frustration, anger from the experience. Hmm. Why is that? Maybe we all had something similar to that, right? That we may uh, want to be loving um, and be generous and be willing to sacrifice ourselves. And are we aware? Are we aware of um, the un underlying intention of our intended actions? Is it possible that um, we want to be loving so that we be appreciated? A means to an end. Or want to be loving so that we will be loved back. Or we want to be loving so that we will be happy, especially all the time. What I'm talking about here is we're aware of this um, sort of idea or image that we create in our mind that will come of our intention. It's like, oh, I'm gonna do this. And then we have sort of created this idea of this is how it's gonna all turn out, how everyone's gonna respond, and how my life is going to be all perfect and happy all the time. And we have that idea in our mind. Because if we do that and we are not aware of ourselves doing that, we likely find that when we are actually engaging in the action of, let's say, being loving, sacrificing our time in helping someone, we will be, we will be comparing our actual present moment experience with our idea of how it's going to be that we had created in the moment of setting this intention. And we'll find the real, um, the present moment experience falling short. And we're disappointed or even angry and feel that someone didn't do what they're supposed to do to make us happy all the time, whatever it is that we had expected. And some of you will say that, well, that I know, I know, just don't expect anything. Well, our mind's not a button we can just press and all the expectation goes away. That's not what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is to engage in this practice of cultivating this clear awareness to see, to know that, yeah, I, I, have, I have these ideas. And, um, and see if we can let go of them in some degree. The, if we can let go of these ideas, these images of how it's all going to be wonderful, everyone will love me, and I'll be so appreciated, like every second of the day I'm there to help my daughter. Um, we sort of realize that, oh, that is kind of um, a deluded expectation. So because we cannot do it ourselves, when someone helps us, we cannot be appreciative every second of the day. And however wonderful the situation, we may not feel happy every moment of the day. That we might be, that might be time that is difficult and challenging and maybe boring. Um, so we might realize that um, we have unrealistic expectation. And um, realizing that allow us to, to see that more clearly and um, 
maybe rather than having certain expectation, we um, see the importance of just being there and opening our heart and allow whatever happens to happen and trusting our ability to respond with our wisdom. So when we cultivate this clear awareness, it allows us to see the way we lay traps for ourselves when we set intention to be loving or to be a better person or to be helpful. So for example, when we want to be helpful without seeing our subtle intention underlying our intention to be helpful, we may inadvertently be causing a lot of grief or anxiety for others. We might be imposing our idea on, our, on others, wanting to be helpful, maybe experienced as if we are thinking that I am helping you. Underlying it is the idea that something's wrong with you, that I, you, need, you need my help. We, uh, without knowing that, we are putting ourselves as superior to others, that I am in the position to be helping you. And so um, we can still be helping others without that idea of us being better. So do we know that these elements of our um, view is operating? in our intention and action when we are um, interacting with others. These are all different ways we can make use of our practice to reflect, to investigate our mind so that we can live our life in our, um, in our thoughts, in our intention, in our speech, and in our action more in accordance with wisdom and compassion. So I hope this map of the virtues would be useful for you, for you to engage in your reflection of this month's practice. So let's do our meditation together with this in mind. My find it helpful to take anything that is tight on you, take them off, glasses. You find it easier to reflect, relax your face. Now I take you through the whole body relaxation. Feel the relaxation on the top of our head. And feel the relaxation spread to the forehead. Check to see if we're holding tension there by habit, maybe from worry, And allow the tension to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread to the eyeballs and eye muscles. Allowing, allowing the tension to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread to the facial muscles. 
check to see if we're holding tension in these muscles by habit. Maybe from holding a facial expression for the world to see. Right here, right now, in this meditation, you can give these muscles a vacation and allow the tension to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread to the entire head. Feel the relaxation spread to the neck muscles directly experience these muscles softening like melting butter as we allow the tension to melt away and feel the relaxation spread to the shoulder muscles Allowing the tension we habitually hold here to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread down the arms, from the upper arms to the forearms, all the way to the fingertips. Feel the relaxation spread to the chest area. Check to see if we are holding tension in this area. Maybe from habits of anxiety, fear, worries. Right now, we can give this anxiety a rest and allow the tension to melt away. And feel the relaxation spread down the torso to the lower abdomen. And trust that the skeletal structure can hold up the body and we can give these muscles a vacation allowing the tension to melt away and feel the relaxation spread to the upper back between the shoulder blades Allowing the tension to melt away like melting butter, feeling those muscles softening and feel the relaxation spread down the back 
to the lower back. And all the way down to the buttocks where we can feel the sensations of the body sitting in this chair. And feel the relaxation spread down the thigh muscles. And all the way down to the toes. And feel the relaxation of the entire body sitting right here, right now. Allow ourselves to relax into the present moment, moment after moment. The body and mind are relaxed, yet wakeful and clear. If you find yourself falling asleep, you might like to open your eyes a little bit to bring up this clear awareness. There's this clarity based on relaxation. Cultivate is clear awareness of the body sitting. Moment after moment. Allow what's in the present moment to be there. And then allow it to go away. And watch our habit of wanting things to be different. Allow ourselves to relax into this present moment, being alive with this breathing body. With our friends practicing with us, what blessing.
Thank you for your practice. That concludes this week's practice. If you'd like to attend in person, please check out our website, rubenmuseum.org meditation to learn more. Sessions are free to Rubin Museum members, just one of the many benefits of membership. Thank you for listening. Have a mindful day.